What's up, everyone? Welcome back to a fresh, brand new episode of the Three Things Podcast featuring the stoked brogy, Mike Baranis. He was a guest earlier, about a year ago, on the Three Things Podcast, and he joins me for round two. A lot has changed for Mike since the first podcast came out. I won't go into too many details because he talks about it in in the intro of his podcast, but we talk a little bit about checking the boxes on career growth and things that Mike has done to really demonstrate patience along the way and he shares some really insightful answers and it really I think is going to help a lot of people that maybe are sitting in a certain spot in the fitness industry or their career growth and are looking to expand and just some things that he's done on a practical level to do that. We also recorded this on Halloween so we do power rank things like candy. We go into a deep debate about Butterfingers um, but it's a great episode. I really hope you guys enjoy it and Here's Mike Baranis. I'm just going to shut up now. So here's Mike Baranis. Hell yeah. So I think everything's changed since the last one. I don't even remember. Everything's changed. When when was the last one? A year ago-ish? The last one we did, I believe you were... You were just... I think you were were like pretty firmly entrenched in the CrossFit gym. Okay, cool. So I had recently just left... I was uh, subleasing out of a CrossFit, about 1,000 square feet, just under that, running my own small group personal training business. Now we have our own facility. So... Since then, we moved into the facility. It really all happened this month. This month, we, we moved into a facility um, for small group personal training, Stoked Athletics. Then we, uh, I got engaged, and we bought a house and moved into it. Um, so I guess we'll just start from there. Yeah, I don't know, man. So my name's Mike, all, a.k.a. the Stoked Brogy, a.k.a. Brooks Stogerson, a.k.a. Brooks Stogalicious. And uh, I am a <laughs> gym owner on Long Island. Um, now I live in Iceland. I did live in West Babylon, but now I don't. But uh, that's the gist of who I am. I have a dog and a fiance. It's awesome. Wow, that's uh, it, you say your names so calm, like yeah, Stoke Brogerson. Uh, it'd be really interesting to see how you sign your name when you pay with things with like a credit card, and you and you just don't sign Mike Baranis. You just yeah. sign Stoke Brogy, or you just probably draw a smiley face, and you're like, "Yep, yeah, that's me." Yeah. Uh, that's uh, so for people that are maybe just tuning in. Uh, I've been a little sick, so if you don't like my sultry man voice today, tough shit. Maybe listen to it at like one and a half speed, so it sounds a little squeakier. But uh, Mike has done a podcast episode on the three things in the past. It's one of my favorites. Um, it would definitely be in the the. I don't. I should do like a top five of my favorites, but I know definitely you're probably in the top like seven. I'll um, take it. You're one Does that of mean I'm seven? Like, I don't know. Like you're in there. Like when people are like, when I'm talking to people that I don't really know, and they're like, "Oh, can you send me like an episode of your podcast?" I actually one of yours is one of the ones that I send. Oh, beautiful. Because I feel like it's like a good podcast. It's like a good representation of what the three things is. So I, I send that. So I mean, like that's that's pretty good. Like I I don't know. Like I should power rank the Stoke Brogy, but you'd be you'd be high on the list. Awesome. Um, it's, it's my first recorded podcast since like May. So if I'm a little rusty, I apologize. Um, but the three things for those that may be tuning in because they're huge Stoke Brogy fans. Um, and they saw Stoke Brogy soliciting himself on Instagram with all of his podcast prowess. 
Um, three things or three random things I've written on a piece of paper. Mike doesn't know what I'm going to ask him, uh, but I do. And then we're just going to spit all these conversation pieces. And then we're going to finish with a super degenerate speed round. So if you're in for the end where nothing is really fitness related at that point, it is Halloween. So you can kind of guess there's going to be a lot of candy questions. Oh, um, yeah. You could probably just stop after the three things because that'll be actually insightful, uh, <laughs> useful information. But after that, it just goes off the rails pretty quick. Um, Stoked, Brogy, are you ready for the first of your three things. I am. I believe so. All right, man. So I've met you in Strength Faction, and I believe when I first met you, you were working at a gym. Stoked Athletics was kind of like an online thing, and then you've eventually kind of moved it into more of a brick and mortar. And that growth process has been like four years, five years maybe. Four I don't know. Years, you probably yeah. have a better idea of it, but these barometers for growth, kind of the, the check the checklist, so to speak, of, of one, actually coaching people, two, like creating your own, your own kind of platform with your own kind of feelings and cultural behind it. And if you want more of that, that was one of the questions that I asked Mike in the first podcast, moving to in a CrossFit, to taking that and within another entity and making it its own standalone, kind of talk to me about these barometers for growth. Like what are some things that that you've kind of made sure or conscious efforts of along the way, knowing that maybe you had an idea of where this was going to take you like stoked athletics, where that was going to grow. But talk to me a little bit about that process from maybe a younger Mike Baranis to stoked Brogerson today. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like, I guess what I was looking at for growth has changed quite a bit because when I was at, um, uh, superior and I was doing stoked on the side it was really just like can I learn how to coach people online it wasn't even like about building a business because I had a I had a full-time job and this was a side project and you know growth wasn't even the concern it was more just like am I am I competent enough to train people online and not be with them once we started moving it towards in-person and small group personal training something that I'm like reminding myself of a lot now and that like, I think was what really helped grow was that um, we're a service industry first and then we're the fitness industry second. So it was always like taking care of the person before taking care of like the member, if that makes sense, you know, like checking in with them, making sure that like they, they feel like they have a, a, a sense of community, making sure that they feel like secure in the gym, everything like that. Sorry, my dog like running around. I don't know if people could hear that. Um, uh, I think, having that sense of like, this is a service industry first and like taking care of people has been what has helped me like transition mainly into in-person training. Um, or I should say like stoked into in-person training. Um, that along with, I would have to say just same, like make it about the, the after service industry. It's like, it's training. It's like, what, what is the goal? Why are they even coming here? Right? Like they want, they got the sense of community. Now it's getting them the results and, and don't worry so much where like online was more about like, I really had to push to create content and, and constantly be posting and all that stuff. Uh, trying to make, you know, like cool things that like, you know, would, would get shared a lot. Now it's more just about like coach people, take care of them in person, you know, and from there like content springs about and like, you could then like take videos, photos, uh, you know, document the culture and then put it up and kind of use that as content and advertising anyway. Nice. And I think that, that's almost like I think the flip of what 
what most traditional trainers may have is it's like, I think everyone in the fitness industry has sold this dream of online coaching is where you're going to be working from a private yacht in the Caribbean training some person in Wisconsin. And that's so far from what it is, but it's super interesting that that idea of, of service. And I totally agree with you service first and then fitness second. And I think people miss that completely. What, like what helped you and obviously like you worked in person you've been in coaching but what kind of helped you like solidify like service in terms of like what what you want to bring to as a service provider because and i guess maybe more specific question is service can be a very broad term like what are some things you really look for when helping members in person as far as service goes yeah good question um well what what taught me what i wanted was you know working at all these other places and even just seeing other places and knowing like, that's definitely not what I want. Like I've never been somebody who wanted to like be part of these, like just generic, you know, strength and conditioning places or just like the rah, rah, especially like CrossFit and stuff like that. Like I understand that there's a population of people that want that. It's not what I want. And I know that there's a niche of people who also don't want that. So figuring out like what they wanted was a big part of like, all right, well, what am I providing as a service? Um, I already kind of forgot that second half of the question. What was that? No, I think that answers it as far as like pieces that you were looking at and you just kind of went the route of like what you didn't want, which I, I will be the first person when I work with like our college athletes or our high school athletes. I'm like, well, what you at this point should start to think about what you don't want to help you find what you do want as far as colleges or job choices or these different things. Like if if you don't know, like, I think you're in a much better position to be happier if you kind of just are looking for what you want because you know what you don't want. So yeah. no, that was, that's a solid answer. One, one thing to tack onto that too is like, people be like, all right, well, like how do I figure out what I don't know? You know? And it's like, well, you got to just fuck up a ton or like not even fuck up, just experience a ton. And then just yeah. check off the list. Like, well, don't want that, you know, yeah. but until you start <laughs> just like throwing yourselves into these situations and like taking these. And this is why I tell everybody, he's like, Oh, I want to be a trainer. What should I do first? I'm like, go to a big box gym. I worked at Equinox for like a year and a half. I fucking hated it, dude. But like, it taught me so much about like, you know, there were a bunch of positives that taught me, but like one of the biggest things was, this is not what I want. I don't want it to be all sales. You know, I want it to be all about the yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I'm going through that right now. We have a, a job at a local college and it's um, like, I think everyone in like strength conditioning is like college strength coaches. It's the top of the line. That's the best. It's this, it's that. I've been doing it now for like four months and I know firmly that it is not where I would ever want my career to go. And I didn't know until I did it. I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll do this. We'll give it a go. And I'm like four months in, I'm like, this is not, there's so many different things that I'm, and I'm from a very commercial background and like, it's, it's just not what I would want to do. And it's not even the training. It's just like all the different hurdles that you face that you never would expect with like administration, (laughs) NCAA regulations, sports med, like it's just different moving parts than what you're accustomed to. And you're like, yeah, I can't, this is, this is rough. Um, So yes, that is a direct shot at college strength coaches across America at me, please at coach Casey Lee. Let's talk about it. Um, Stoke Brokerson along these different, these different parts in your career, Uh, it takes a lot of patience and I don't want to speak for you, but I'm guessing that at some point you've had to practice patience specifically when you're making the decision to go from renting space within a CrossFit. And actually, I think at one point, I don't know if I saw this on your Facebook memories or my Facebook memories of something I had shared, but you had like rented space in like what looks like someone's 
like renovated garage or like a larger room or something like that. Like you've kind of like, like elevated through these different areas. What's helped you practice patience along the way? Oh, good stuff. So that was actually like the Oprah of fitness questions. (laughs) Kevin Larrabee, let's go. Let's do it. I was going to say like Tim Ferriss over here. Holy shit. Um, (laughs) So that the place you're referring to is actually a boot campy Zumba ass type of like, mom gym and i don't mean that in like a terrible way because she crushes it like she kills that population and fun fact my gym now is right next door literally share a parking lot and like i texted her wonderful woman her name is janine and i was like hey janine like we're neighbors now and she was hyped because we're also across across from a crunch so she's like we're gonna take crunch down and i'm like hell yeah you know like whatever so but like i've already had people that like they come in and like i talk to them i'm like dude you're gonna be a better fit with janine next door man like this is not, I don't think what suits you right now, you know? And like, she said the same thing with people, you know, tossing them over to me when she feels like she's out of her, uh, her lane. But, um, in, in regards to patience, like I do adhere a lot to like stoicism and listening to like the daily stoic, uh, and reading like, um, uh, Tao Seneca and stuff like that. And just like, kind of like checking back in and just like, grounding yourself in something and for me i've found like stoicism super helpful with like just teaching myself patience and like understanding like like i always just like and when my my friends are freaking out or whoever i'm just like dude like going back to the idea of like we're on a fucking rock just blasting through the galaxy like none of it really matters let's just like take a step back and like you know when like say somebody moves away and you're like oh shit a client's leaving all that type of shit like all right it doesn't really matter that much money's made up like this is fine you know and then like snapping back into it and be like all right well what does matter you know i'm going back to like are my clients happy do they feel safe and secure at this gym and let's just focus on the things that do matter and are working for us and not worry about like the fact that i'm in a crossroad the fact that i'm renting out of a zumba boot camp place or when i was renting out of that zumba boot camp place like that's when i was at superior and we got evicted out of there and it was like I didn't have a job for three weeks. And it's like all those crazy things. It's like, all right, none of that matters. Like what does matter? Are my clients getting results? Are they feeling safe and secure? Do they feel like I am helping them? Cool. Snap back into that and just focus. Do you hear my dog barking right now? He's going pretty gnarly. Yeah, but it's, I mean, whatever. Like my dog's cool. barked in the background. I did a podcast with Dean Somerset and my dog literally went so apeshit at the very end. You can hear him <laughs> in the, in the episode be like, Hey, do you need to go take care of your dog? As he's like mid answer, like, He's, he's a trip. He's, he's probably just looking at like he's looking at his reflection right now, like a terrible reflection in like the stove or something, and he thinks it's another dog. It's the funniest shit. That's fine. Like, yeah, like dude, life of a dog. This is a dog positive podcast, so we're so, we're, we're pro brew. Um, but that's awesome. I think that as far as like patience goes, like it's so hard for most people, if not all people, to like as in in this industry especially to just get caught in their own thoughts and you're like, listen, just pump the brakes, be patient. Perspective is huge. But I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast or used to listen to this podcast before I went on this like epic hiatus are, are younger. They're students. They're 21, 22, 23. They've been in the industry for one to two years and they are ready for this next step. And it's like, Whoa, Hey, pump the brakes. Like nothing is, nothing is built. You're not going to have a full trainer, like training schedule maybe in a year, if you're like above normalcy, like that's not a thing. Like it takes some serious time. And I'm always curious with people, like how they've just practiced patience. So I appreciate you sharing a little bit of that answer. Of course. 
the third and final thing, and this is a business question. So now with a, like, I don't want to say like a new business because like Stoked Athletics has been a, a, a business, but now like with an expanded business, maybe that's a better phrase. What are, or how have you defined your new top business priorities? How have I defined them? Oh, like, have you, do you, like, you move into a bigger space. So my thought process is you move to a bigger space. There's now room for growth. There's now room for a lot of other things conceptually that you maybe want to do with your mm-hmm. business. Uh-huh. How have you kind of created these, this, this proverbial list, maybe, or these, these concepts of what you want to do next now that you've kind of at the spot? Yeah. So visioning out. So, um, yeah, shout out to, gosh, you're good. God, you're good at that. <laughs> so shout out to strength faction, obviously. Um, Cause I've been doing the, uh, the, the, the business faction now. And that's been super helpful. Like just like constantly visioning out and then doing monthly checks, just like training. Like, all right, well, what's our goal? And let's break it back and break it down even more and break it down even more. Okay. What can we do today? You know, um, in terms of, I really had going from like the CrossFit, the rent wasn't high, you know, we were living in our apartment. So like, it wasn't like, I was like, you know, super focused on like, all right, got to pay the bills. You know, I wasn't there. So it was like, more just like, all right, let's just train my clients and they refer people and that's cool. Moving into a spot, we only moved once we knew, uh, like, the amount of members we have now can, uh, you know, pay for the rent. Like, I didn't want to be scrambling. I didn't want to be going crazy trying to fill in. But, you know, still, obviously, the goal is to grow it and, like, get more members in the door and stuff like that. So, um, focusing on, like, all right, sitting down and be like, well, what don't I know? And that was really uh, marketing, sales, and, like, strategy. So then finding mentors in that where um luckily like i said strength fashion kind of created that like next step for gym owners so that was helpful um but also like reaching out to guys like vince gabriel and stuff like that doing his like six-week marketing program um and just finding mentors to kind of help me like navigate through um what i need to do next and like what are the metrics i need to look at and then you know how should i go about measuring those in terms of like what's next it's like now that like i kind of have that system in place and like every week i'm just checking off like the boxes like did i do this yes did i do this yes did i do this you know i'm going down um now i get like kind of kind of fun so you know like those events that i throw like brogy barn and then i have one coming up called the 0.5k fun run for fitness which is just like a jog around a brewery and then we're just gonna drink for five hours like throwing on like these events like hell yeah (laughs) or just like you know super fun for me and it actually ends up bringing in members which is kind of cool and and i always like kind of look at it as like you know, people spend thousands on marketing. If I could throw a party and break even and then get members from it, that's the coolest shit ever for me. <laughs> so like, like looking at things like that. And then my buddy, uh, John Testa owns a company called Six Sense uh, Productions. And he does like a lot of like film work and editing. So like now we're starting to look at like YouTube series that I could play with. And then like, even just like, I've always had these like stupid skit ideas that I want to do in the gym. So like, he's insane with like his filming and editing. So like now is the time that we get to kind of open the floodgates and get real fun with things. But I think it comes back to like finding somebody who who's been in the trenches where you are like learning from them, getting a mentor, building out your systems and like breaking them down. And from like that big year long vision goal to like, all right, well, what can I do today? What do I got to check off today? Check the boxes and then just keep going. Nice. That's awesome. And uh, for anyone who maybe is looking to just expand their current role, and even in a business, I would just replay that last answer because of the, I can't stress enough how important it is that like Mike, you're talking about like consistency week in, week out with the, with the things you have to do allows you to 
to have the time to be creative with the things you want to do. And I think that that's often overlooked, especially even if you're just like a trainer in a commercial gym looking to expand their business, like you got to have these systems in place and you got to find people who can help you create the systems for yourself and, and learn that knowledge in the trenches like you're talking about. Um, super insightful. Three things. Stoked Brogerson. Are you ready for the speed round? Because this is the only reason I do the podcast now. The speed round is, is what keeps me alive. It's my lifeblood. <laughs> You're like, all that other shit's super boring. Fuck those answers. Yeah. Like, it's Tell me about like, Snickers or Reese's. Yeah. So, if I mean, for those maybe that are new, the speed round, I think, started in like the 30th episode. The, the Three Things podcast was like, let's do like a 17-minute, like super insightful, like like practical knowledge-based information. And now we have the speed round, which is 100% degenerate. So if you're not interested in this, just stop. It's cool. I've already got your play. I don't need it anymore. But <laughs> the speed round is maybe where the gems come out. Um, so it is Halloween. So we're going to start with candy power rankings in no particular order. So I guess it's not really power ranking, but give me your <laughs> top three, top three Halloween candy. Go. All right, number one, Reese's. I'm, I'm ranking them. Number one, yeah. Reese's right off the bat. Number nice. two, uh, Snickers. Then I'm leaving number three. Hell yeah. Number three is anything but Butterfingers. They are the most disgusting piece of candy I've ever had. I don't know why nice. they even sell. I don't know who buys them. They're dry and disgusting. Why do people keep them? They're super dry. They get stuck in your teeth. You get deceived because you're like peanut butter and chocolate. What could go wrong? It's like peanut butter, like toffee in candy. It's not good. It's gross. It's, it's not like Bart Simpson. Bart Simpson put them on oh, like, for yeah. whatever reason. Big mistake. I'm right there with your top two. Reese peanut butter cups. That's my shit. Snickers. I just showed you I have one in the car right now. Hell and yeah. then I, I kind of rotate between like three musketeers situationally. Milky Way is always solid. York peppermint patties. Kit Kats, oh. like all there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add one. Uh, Twizzlers, but the pull and peel, which should be the standard Twizzler, not the Twizzler that's like the normal one. Pull and peel is by far way like light years ahead of the regular one, and it pisses me off that like I go to the grocery store and they only have the fucking normal one. So pull. Yeah, and peel. they're hard to find. The pull and peels are hard to find. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's a dark horse. That's definitely dark. That's like movie theater candy. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Um, so we were talking about this and it's probably going to get edited out, which is unfortunate because like it's, it's my standard question for New Yorkers. Where does upstate New York start? Anywhere above the city. Which is? Like uh, Westchester and up. I guess okay. is that the first stop? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm from Vermont, bro. I, don't I, know. I, went, to, I went to school upstate New York in, in Oneonta. So oh, in nice. Oneonta. But, like, yeah. kids would get pissed off. They're like, I, I'm closer to the city than you are. I'm like, yeah, but you're above it. Like, that's up. That's it. That's it. I'd like – see, so that's the simplicity that I need in this answer because I've asked everyone from New York where upstate starts. As a graduate of SUNY Plattsburgh, real upstate New York, uh, like, anything above the city, I guess, technically is upstate. Yeah. That's, I, that's, that's, you just shed so much light into my brain. Um, when are you going to get a swell taco sign for your gym? When they sponsor me. Well, that's, so are you going to do like, are they going to get a food truck outside? Like what, where, where would we stand? And by we, I mean you and Stoked Athletics with swell taco. Did you move closer to them? Are you further away? Well, whew, now. So as a family, as, as 
Mr. and Mrs. Michael Baranis and Brew, we are now Bubba's Burritos people because we're in the town of Islip, which is not the town of Babylon, and we're right next to the village where we were next to the village of Babylon. In the town of Islip, in the village of Islip is Bubba's Burritos, which is a phenomenal burrito spot. But like, it's literally walking distance. They have a full bar. They're awesome. Wow. Jim is still next to or right near Swell Taco. Um, and I think after Brogy Barn at Swell Taco, when we had that event, there was a lot of stickers. So for those that don't know, Bordy Barn, which is what Brogy Barn is based off of. Do you have any, do you know about Bordy Barn? I have no idea. So it's a party out in, uh, out east on Long Island. It's this like shitty bar slash tent, but it's like only open uh, in the summer on Sundays from two to eight. And it's like shit show. It's like 20 bucks to get in, $2 beers, $1 hot dogs. Go crazy. Like the best music ever, all under a tent slash sort of inside the bar. Porter potties everywhere. And it's been around for 50 years. So like everybody's parents have been to Bordy Barn type of situation. One of their main attractions are these little smiley face stickers that they put everywhere. Hence why I got those little stickers out. Yeah, yeah. So after that Brogy Barn event at, that I, we rented out Swell Taco, it was like 100 people. It was a blast. Had a bunch of fun. Um, but there are stickers everywhere and they got really mad about that. They were picking, they were peeling stickers for probably hours after that party. So I don't know if they would be willing to sponsor me anymore. So I might have to look for Bubba's burritos, but you know, maybe we'll reconcile our differences and, and, you know, throw another event soon. Huge drama. Wow. Huge drama. Thank you for publicly speaking out about, about what happened. That's amazing. If you could get, if you could get them on the three things and talk about their side, I'd appreciate that. Uh, connect me. I'll, t- I'll talk three things with anyone. Yeah, just make that connection. You know, mend some bridges, and then we'll have someone from Swell Taco on, and I'll talk. I'll give them three things taco version, real quick, <laughs> real quick. Um, yeah. How nice is nice? Ooh. How nice is nice? Yeah. Pretty nice. It's pretty fucking nice. Um, what is your favorite Ben and Jerry's flavor? Half baked. Oh yeah. Where does fish food rank for you? I think I've had like a bite of it. I don't wow. know. Dude, I literally just, I, I bounce between half-baked and if they don't have anything, then the, the tonight dough. Yeah. Oh, solid, solid. Um, and it might be too early, but do you have any preliminary honeymoon destinations lined up? Maybe our backyard or something. Yeah. Like I was, I, I was half expecting the answer to this to be Swell Taco. Like I thought you were going to be Swell Taco. Well, I think we might have our engagement party at Swell. Um, but no, we, we don't have anything. We don't really get up. Get, I mean, like, and this is on me. Like I don't have, I only just hired my first employee. So like the past three years, I've just been like every day working, you know, barely any vacation. It's like now we might actually have some time to like have vacation. So Dude, I mean, I'm sure we'd be happy from anywhere from, like, just going out to Montauk to, like, out of the country. It wouldn't matter. Just, like, spending some time anywhere would be cool. Northern Vermont, great destination. We can go to <laughs> – I will. I would personally take you to the Ben & Jerry's factory. Um, <laughs> oh, we would have a, we'd have a great time. Um, and I think that's, like, really all I got for you in the, in the power rankings. Is there anything – or, I'm sorry, not the power rankings, in the speed run. Is there anything you'd like to add, Mr. Baranis? Is this where I get to plug? Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is your chance. <laughs> All right. So if anybody out there is listening, what I am, what I am offering is a phone call with me for 10 minutes. Um, and, well, we'll do this. For the first 10 minutes, it's $20,000. And then for every minute after that, it's, uh, it's $1,000. 
Um, so with that, we could talk about anything. I'm not claiming to be an expert on everything. I'm actually not an expert on anything. So it's not like a consultation, but you get to talk to me and that's, yeah, well, I'll send you the invoice. But so if anybody out there wants to take a phone call for $20,000, um, you know where to find me. I hope you get an email immediately after this is posted from a prince in Aruba who needs a phone call with you and friend. he has a wire transfer that he can give you the code for like some, but like, I got to send him the money back real quick. Yeah. And real then quick. I'm hoping it comes yeah. back. Yeah. 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 I hope you get one of those. Um, Mike Baranis, I hope you get that $20,000 phone call. I did mute myself so no one could hear me laugh, but <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being my first guest that I've recorded in like six months on the three things podcast. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Hell yeah, dude. Thank you for having me. Hi, everyone. It's Casey again. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and I wanted to ask you a huge favor. I don't ask for a lot of favors, but if you could, whatever you're listening to this podcast through iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, if you could take a minute and just go write a review, I would really appreciate it. I don't get any bonus points or anything like that for it, but I really think it would help get the word out. And if this podcast has helped you, it might help someone else, and it'll do a better job of getting that word out to who might need it.